This podcast is brought to you in part by Surewinder. Surewinder takes great pride in producing high-quality tools that keep you safe and make your life easier. Let them shoulder the burden of winding your springs with a power drill. Hey guys, before we get into the show, I need to let you know, not only do I own a garage door company, I also own and run a marketing agency. If you need help with your marketing, make sure you contact us at 404-445-3494 or check us out at garagedoormarketing.co. That's garagedoormarketing.co. Hey guys, Ryan with Torch and Talk Podcast here. Today, you're going to hear from Chad DeSmith. That's D-E Smith. And he's with Midland Garage Doors. If you haven't heard from him, this is a great opportunity for you to learn. We go deep dive into uh, manufacturing relationships between dealers and manufacturers, uh, distribution, customer service, and quality control. These are all the things that we're hitting on right now. You definitely want to hear this one. Check it out. Enjoy. Hey, Chad, how are you, sir? I am well. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. So Chad is with Midland Garage Doors, and uh, we just had a conversation last week, a really good conversation, and uh, I'm intrigued by the brand. I'm not familiar with it. Being here in the Atlanta market, I don't think we have a lot of Midland doors. So Chad, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you guys started with Midland. Great. Well, uh, uh, first, I just want to say thanks again for having me on. Um, uh, so I'm the director of sales and marketing here at Midland Garage Door, and my background is marketing, and that's really what I understand and I know uh, really well. I went to uh, North Dakota State University in MassCom and uh, worked at a, a marketing agency for about 12 years and, and did some sales-related uh, things, uh, did some business development for a, uh, a Fortune 500 company, and uh, and had an opportunity to work with the folks here at Midland and um, use one of the reasons I, I took the opportunity was because uh, number one, I, I felt like Midland could use uh, some of the talents that I, I felt I was very good at. And, and then furthermore, Midland was the type of company that I wanted to be associated with. So it, it was a good combination, a good fit of, of uh, shared values and, um, in a need from Midland's perspective to to advance to another level of uh, reaching the marketplace. So so I've, I've been here now for uh, about four years, and it's proven to be a good relationship for both of us. I think uh, we've we still have Hopefully a long way to go. Right. It, 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 right? Yeah, exactly. And and we still have a long way to go with where we want to be. Uh, but we're making or uh, we're making huge strides in in. Uh, uh, getting there. So, um, so yeah, that's a little bit about how I got to Midland. Um, not sure if that really tells the whole story. There's a lot of stuff in between there, but, um, that's kind of the general, general idea there. Awesome. So you married kids, single life. What's that? Yes. Uh, yep. So I've, I've, I'm married. Uh, I've got three kids, uh, age, uh, in ages ranging from, uh, nine months to 13. So Which it's one's uh, your quite favorite? a range. <laughs> You're not going to get me to admit that on the, on, on the, on the podcast. That Everybody's be... got their favorite. 
I just, I just, uh, uh, I saw a meme about that. You know, hey, what, what, what kid's your favorite? And every, it's like, well, whichever every, ones. In each front of kid you. has their own unique uh, things that you like. I, I'll go with that. So <laughs> I, uh, I a lot of times will lay my kids down to bed, and I've got little things I do with them. So one of the things I do is I tell both of my kids um, uh, that, um, dang, I forgot now. It's crazy how you get put on the spot. So uh, what is it? I say, uh, one of the things I say is dream big, and they say do big. And the other thing I say is, oh, God's got big plans for you. And they respond back, uh, don't miss them. And, um, and so I've been doing that since they were kids. So it's like I'm brainwashing them every single day. Um, and I'll tell them they're my favorite. And so um, each of one of my kids, and I'll be like, shh, don't tell the other one you're my favorite. And so <laughs> that's how I do it. They both they both know they're my favorite. So I treat them like my favorite. <laughs> Not to try that. Uh, all right. So uh, you got, you said two boys and a girl? I've got two boys and a girl, correct, yep. All right, well, I would say my experience has been I have a daughter who's 11 now, and I have a son that's six. Uh, my son is extremely talented and brilliant at just about everything he touches, but it's amazing to watch the evolution of human beings from birth on and how, like, women come out of the womb, like, somewhat, like, human where like boys come out almost cavemanish, um, like <laughs> bumping into walls, lacking intelligence, like the simple stuff in life that we just really struggle with. So I, I'm really impressed by the kind of the evolution of, of the female and how they come out of the womb, like already kind of mature and evolved. So I don't know if you've experienced the same. So my, my middle child is uh he's he'll be three here shortly and just the the differences of remembering when my daughter was three and now my middle one is three and just the difference between boys and girls is and I'm sure there's variables that you know uh, some are it's not across the board exactly the same but man my daughter was like super laid back super easy didn't really uh, fight too much she had her moments but as a whole I mean she did I took uh, ob objections well I mean she didn't throw fits too often my boy is just a terror yeah <laughs> and I get he is it. very opinionated extremely uh, aggressive and and uh, not in a in a bad way just in a what you would consider a little boy to be and it's, yeah. it was kind of uh, yeah it's a little little eye-opening like holy crap and, th and now we have another little boy coming up after him who's you know he's nine months old but but uh, already showing the same type of traits as, of course. His, as his brother. It's in our so. DNA. We're literally cavemen <laughs> yeah, until we turn like 25, and then some of us just get stuck there. I tell my like, yeah. I tell my wife sometimes, I'm like, you know, it's crazy that we had to teach our son that you can't, like, jump off stuff head first. And my daughter just came out of the womb, like, with common sense. Like, I know I can't jump off the back of the couch and dive into the floor. My son, on the <laughs> other hand, just – not once, not twice, but three times thought he could fly. And so it's just, I don't know. It, it baffles me. It, I'm, I'm, we're, we're not the most intelligent human beings on the face of earth. So thank God for women, right? Yep. 
I tell people somebody too, to step I, in instead of encouraging those flights. <laughs> somebody to step in and be like, "Hey, maybe it's a good idea to not jump from yeah, there." Yeah. No, I mean we try. <laughs> we're like, just... "Hey, let's see how high you can go the next time." <laughs> right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, all right, so before we get too far off task, because I'm I'm likely to do that, uh, I'm going to reel myself back in here. So let's talk a little bit about Midland. So how long have you been with Midland? Uh, just about four years. Okay, and you guys are out of where? Uh, we're out of West Fargo, North Dakota, and we've got uh, uh, distribution locations, other branches in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis, and then in Omaha. Okay, so you and I had some conversation previously. You guys, I mean, for the most part, um, focus a lot of your attention in, in more of like a region of the United States. Um, can you talk a little bit about y'all's go-to market strategy? Do you guys have DCs? Is it direct ship? And um, talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So, so we've got uh, uh, the three locations I talked about, and out of those locations, we'll direct ship to uh, our various customers. I believe it's it's um, uh, it can fluctuate because as far as the number of states we go to, but it's anywhere between nineteen and twenty-one, depending on uh, some of those outlying states that we might get into and how many people buy uh, in those fringe states. But uh, we are also up into Canada, and and we do have pickup. Uh, you know, a lot of our customers will pick up direct from our uh, different locations, but but a large part of our business, the majority of our business, is direct ship to uh, the various locations around the country. Uh, we do focus on the Midwest, uh, the Northern Plains, and uh, and uh, just getting into the mountain states. The northern mountain states like uh, Idaho and Montana, um, in Colorado, but but primarily we're we're in that Midwest. I guess that would be the region that we would say we're we're uh, definitely in. Uh, we do one one thing that makes us uh, not complete unique, unique, but um, we do pride ourselves in the fact that we have our own trucks, our own drivers. We manage that team, so we don't use a third party delivery service. It's a, it's all managed internally, and in our drivers. Uh, assist in unloading the the product, so they they kind of manage the quality control from that okay, end. Where that. you know they don't just they don't just pull up and drop the trailer and tell tell the the place to unload their doors. We we actually have our drivers that assist in unloading, and in that way it allows us to to monitor any damage or problems or questions or issues. And our drivers are one of our our difference makers. I mean, that people definitely, when we talk to our customers and they ask about, or we ask them what they like about Midland, uh, you know, that is usually one of the three things that they talk about is uh, our drivers and how knowledgeable they are, how uh, customer friendly they are and how hardworking they are as far as helping them. So um, is we, we, uh, so our strategy goes, we, 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 we definitely, want to take care of our existing customer base before we look at other opportunities, which is maybe one of the reasons why uh, we're maybe more calculated in our growth. We, you know, we, we very easily could just uh, open up a, you know, a bunch of different locations and really try to grow quickly, but we want to make sure that the foundation is in place first before we start to grow. And then when we do grow into those other markets, uh, we're confident that we can uh, pick up the slack or pick up and, and uh, handle the increased business that we would get. So, uh, so we're, we're definitely growth minded, but very calculated growth, making sure that we're taking care of the customers. Cause ultimately that's really what it boils down to. If, if, uh, if we overextend ourselves and we're not taking care of the customer, it shoots, uh, it, it kind of shoots ourselves in the foot and our value, our brand takes a hit 
and we're not offering the value that we claim we're we're, we're doing or that we claim that we can do. So um, so really, our uh, we do have plans that expanding in the future, but it's very calculated. So I applaud you for that, uh, you and your company, because. I feel like a lot of these larger companies really don't have stuff figured out yet and they're continuing to grow and grow and grow. Um, and so, you know, I got one manufacturer in mind. I, I don't like bashing anybody, but uh, so I won't mention any names, but we've got, we've got manufacturers out there that, that, you know, uh, use the growth as an excuse um, to, to have, you know, having trouble distributing product. Um, and, and, and applaud them for the growth. That's great. But you know, if you know, you're growing, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put in processes and hire people accordingly. So it's not easy, uh, doing what you guys are doing, really trying to focus on the core business and the fundamentals, uh, so that you guys got them down before you launch. And, uh, I know that, that that's a little bit of a holding pattern. And for a lot of people, that's very difficult. It's difficult for me. I know as a door dealer, I, I'm, you know, when I'm not experiencing moments of growth, I get antsy and frustrated. Um, and so sometimes, though, you just have to you gotta take care of the house, get the kitchen in order before you go, you know, start launching other locations. And if the, if the main house is not in order, you can't expect the rest of it to flow properly. And then you're just going to go sideways, in my opinion. So um, I know it's not easy doing what you guys are doing, and it's slow and steady growth. But I think it's smart, and I I, uh, I applaud you for it. Yeah, and I, I do appreciate that. And I know that um, uh, one of those things, um, or I, I should say that one of the main reasons of that is our our leadership team feels that's very strongly to. Uh, to move forward that way and and, uh, and take care of the customer is really the core. I mean, I know that uh, that a lot of companies can say that, and a lot of companies do genuinely take care of the customer. But it's definitely the first uh, the first thing that we look at in the decisions we make is are we benefiting and helping the customer? And uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we're not able to do, uh, even though it would benefit a handful of customers. But we look across the board of what's going to bring the most value to our customers and and uh, uh, while staying true to to our core values, and uh, yeah, so yeah, de I definitely appreciate that uh, recognizing that because you know a lot of people uh, when we go to IDA and and we we talk to people, there's definitely demand for another option out there. You know, there's there's want and desire oh, to have you know the type of door that we that we manufacture, and uh, you know, but you know in Atlanta, it, it's like I love the we've had n numerous places from the you know from the southeast numerous uh, businesses that have reached out to us to say, Hey, we've heard about your door. Uh, when, you know, when can we get it? You know, what, what's, uh, what's your plan? What, when are you coming out here? And it's, you know, we don't have any uh, definite, definite plans to, to get that far quite yet, but um, we appreciate that there's that demand for it. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes Build it's hard the to demand, tell people that. Man. Create the demand. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and then it the is, supply But it's hard to tell come. people that, sorry, I can't service you. I, we, we don't service that area yet, knowing that they want it. It's like, God, it's tough for a salesperson, a sales-minded person to to basically tell somebody that they can't deliver for them, you know. Right. Um, well, when you're ready, you can, uh, we can chat. Maybe we can, I got a bunch of people banging on me to try to be a, a DC I'm not sure I want to get in that game or not, but I'm almost tempted to try it 
because I feel like we're overcomplicating it in this industry a little bit. And I think simplifying it and using technology uh, to reduce errors and uh, track workflows and inventory um, isn't very difficult. But I think the biggest challenge, which I've presented to a lot of people on my show this uh, season, is the distribution centers are at a complete disadvantage. You got dealers all growing, all expecting better pricing, all banging on you guys for better pricing. And then what ends up happening is we get to a point where, you know, you guys are, you know, I'm sure the DCs are making money, maybe not you guys particularly, but the local DCs are in a position where they're buying wholesale and selling wholesale. And they've got overhead and expenses that they have to cover. So when you get in that position, you know, I think it's very difficult. Um, It's not an easy task by any means. Um, You know, I think about what it would be like if I were in that game. And I don't know that I would like it a whole lot. Um, Because you got to find people that are willing to work really hard uh, for price points that keep you profitable. And, um, and you got to find multiple of those people, not just one, or else you'll have a revolving door. And then you'll have a bunch of resources tied up in training constantly because you have like turnover. And, um, and then you have errors that cost you in the field with your dealers. So, I mean, I, I get it. Like I'm, I'm, I did like a little episode last week where I talked a lot about this and some of the frustrations of being a dealer and, and kind of calling out uh, dealers and manufacturers and distribution centers as a whole, just asking everybody step up and um, try to be more professional. Did you get a chance to listen to that? I, I did not. Uh, so we, we, we just uh, uh, let our uh, released uh, some traveling restrictions uh, just last week. And, and we were uh, really uh, hitting the road. It was kind of a last minute thing. And we were really overwhelmed with uh, coordinating our, our new uh, guidelines and, and making sure that we were monitoring where everybody was going and, and uh, uh, not overextending ourselves. Uh, so that I was kind of over uh, preoccupied with getting yeah, that stuff lined up last week. It's okay. But no, I have not. So I, I have a question for you. What processes do you guys have in place for quality control. You already named one where you have your own driver, which I think is huge. Congratulations on making that step. That couldn't have been an, an easy transition for you, but, um, and then he's helping unload. So you've got, you know, you guys loaded the doors directly in the truck, you traveled to the destination. You have an employee unloading the truck. Those are all great. What process do you guys have in place at the plant when the doors are being manufactured prior to them loading on the truck? Um, to help with quality control. Sure, you know. So, so first, I would I would say that, um, like any manufacturer, we do have uh, problems and issues that arise, and um, uh, things that we need to resolve as a manufacturer. But um, for the most part, you know, it, it, we really um, we track those issues or problems extremely. Well, I mean, when we have a problem or an issue, we want to know exactly what it is. And I think that in of itself is the first step to improving quality control is, is uh, 
uh, making sure that we understand why we have problems in the first place, how many problems we have in any given quarter, uh, you know, and what steps are we going to take to improve and to get better. And so number one is tracking the problems, and number two is having a plan of action of improving and getting better. So first of all, that'd be the first thing I would say. The second thing is we do have a, a an engineer that their job is quality control. That's what they focus on. That's what they do. They look at, at ways of improving um, areas that, that need to be improved, uh, and that includes our production, uh, our equipment, the processes in place, um, the, the, um, the, the people in educating them on the proper way to do things. And, and that, that's led through our leadership team. So, you know, our engineer might meet with our leaders of the various uh, departments, and then those leaders are, are um, you know, challenged to uh, improve the areas that need improvement and to make sure that their team is uh, doing things the correct way. And once it goes through production, then it goes into our, our shipping department, which again, each person that is at, in each department is, you know, they are, their expectation is to look for potential issues or problems. And uh, if, they, if they recognize something or notice something, uh, they, they bring it to our attention right away. And, you know, and, and I'd like to say that we were perfect and we never had any problems, but it's amazing to me how many things they catch after it gets through the production before it would get loaded up either uh, to get picked up or loaded in a trailer to get delivered out. Uh, and, and then as soon as it's found, uh, as soon as a problem is found, they'll, um, depending on when in the timeline it happens, they'll, they'll do everything they can to get the, the section rebuilt so that the customer doesn't lose any time in uh, in their process so for example if our delivery date is is thursday and they find the problem on a tuesday they'll they'll see if they can't get that section made to still make the truck for uh for loading on thursday so uh, and, and and then like you said so once it gets um signed off on our from our shipping team then our drivers are responsible for when we're unloading to make sure there isn't anything visible that we can that uh that they can see uh, that that's a problem or an issue, and we encourage our our customers to inspect uh, the door as well when they're unloading to see if there's anything that they notice or recognize. So that's in in, in like I said, at any part of that process, we're tracking any problems or issues that we come up with or that we find, and then all of those those uh, issues and problems are are uh, reported, and we review them and look at each problem individually. So if we have uh, a number of uh, scratching on a section or denting or delamination or whatever the potential problem is or whatever the problem looks like it is, we'll, we'll uh, um, get that sent off to the appropriate department and then our, our uh, quality control engineer will take a look at it. And then ultimately, you know, as a leadership team, we'll review all those every quarter and find out, you know, if we've been making progress or not. And so that's kind of generally the, the process and depending on the, the individual issue it might look a little bit different but overall that's uh kind of the process for how we well done and, i feel like standing and giving you an ovation <laughs> yeah nobody uh, would it, see it but it, they would it, hear it yeah it, well it's a uh, it's it's funny i feel that way with our team i mean they do a really really good job and and i think from from the uh one of the challenges that probably everybody faces right now is finding good people you know to work and uh um, and there's a lot of turnover, at least from the manufacturing, as a manufacturer uh, in, in the manufacturing business in general, turnover is something that we all deal with. So the challenge is how do you train a team of people 
uh, knowing that there's that opportunity for turnover, uh, how do you train a team of people that knows what they're doing and, and uh, uh, embraces those values that Midland has? And we've had a really, really good core group of people that have been with us for 20, 30, in, in some cases, even 40 years. And we've been in business since uh, 78. So, um, I mean, it's, it's some people have been with us almost the whole time that we've been in business. And it's those foundation, uh, those core people that are the foundation of Midland really set the values and try to, you know, uh, set those values within the new employees that come on board. And uh, it's, it's more challenging uh, some, uh, some days than others. And with uh, the new crop of people that come in every year, because we have that turnover that happens, uh, it's, it's really important that they understand why we do the things that we do and, and why, quality is important and it's for for our, our customers and for the the installers i mean how frustrating is it to unload your door and have something wrong with it before you've even had a chance to install it now you have to reorder it and call your customer and tell them that they have to wait another however long to get their door and everybody's frustrated and the more times we can eliminate that we understand uh, that equals value to our to our customer and uh, so it's just understanding it as the first step and if our if our employees understand the value in it, they'll work that much harder to do their best to, to find the problems right. so, and fix them. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer-usa.com. That's S-O-M-M-E-R-USA.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877-766-6607. It's no secret that I bring on advertisers of products that I use and love. I love it when I sign up for a service and feel good about it before, during, and after. Service Titan has made our customer experience significantly better. We use automated messages to go out to our customers to streamline communication. Our customers love the fact that they can text in and we know who they are by name. All communication between our customers via call text is attached to their customer account so text can review it prior to arriving to a job. I love the campaign source report. It tells me which marketing campaigns are working. My favorite feature is the new marketing feature that allows me to set up drip campaigns and email our customers based on what they bought or didn't buy from us. Check out Service Titan at servicetitan.com forward slash torsion for your free demo. If our employees understand the value in it, they'll work that much harder to do their best to, to find the problems right. so, and fix them. That's good, man. Well, I'm glad you addressed that. And, and hopefully, you know, I, I know everybody's got their own processes. Um, I, I think maybe some processes from some companies need to be reevaluated. Um, but at the same time, you know, I know my employees get frustrated because I'll change processes weekly. Um, 
you know, I got, I think my biggest fault or is, uh, issue is I've got maybe one employee who's on version 1.3 of the process, another employee who's on 1.4, another employee's on 1.5 and I'm on 1.6 <laughs> and, and I, you know, mm-hmm. we, we communicated it, but you really need to pull everybody in and be like, Hey, look, you know, here, here's how we've evolved this process. So everybody knows, um, but I, I'm I'm quick to make changes so quick so that I think it's um it's caused some issues, uh. But I, if something's not working, I'm gonna change it quickly. Uh, there's no reason in trying to stuff things down a throat of something that doesn't want to swallow, and I'm not interested in in doing things the wrong way or or making them more difficult on ourselves than we have to. So uh, I applaud you for having a good process. Sounds like you guys know what you're doing. Um. If you don't mind, I'm on your website. I like to do this for the guys who probably don't have time to just browse the website and kind of get to know you guys. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we're going to get a lot of people who listen to this episode just because not a lot of people are super familiar with Midland that aren't in the Midwest. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. in the South, um, I think you're you're going to have a lot of people that's just curious. Um, so I'm browsing through your residential doors. You guys have just like everybody else raised panel, um, you got the carriage stamp, short, long, uh, ranch, classic panel. Um, let's see here. What is your classic panel? It, it's kind of like a raised panel with three, three okay. stamps. I got you. All right. You know, the panel. Yep. So, um, that would compete with say like the, um, it's very similar to maybe the Amar, um, recess door but instead of it being recessed it's kind of raised that's kind of the look that it has correct yep um and yep. i think uh almost similar not quite as close to maybe the chi uh shaker door um very similar in feel um as far as the stamps and the size of them good looking door i, I like mm-hmm. different things um you know so got the flush panel full view you guys are making your own full view Correct. Yes. Yep. Um, and then you guys are, uh, you got here steel overlay and the smooth and V grooved overlay. So you got two different overlay options, right? Yep. And this is like, more yeah, and, and it, it would layer. be three total overlay options okay. with the steel overlay and then the smooth overlay and then the V groove overlay. It's basically just a, a difference in the type of, um, uh, the type of overlay product, um, how much of the door you want or what, type of overlay um, if you want the door exposed the steel of the door exposed or like a lot of uh, uh, people are doing the wood grains as the base of the door and then they have the wood um, right uh, overlay pieces that go over the top of that and they really like that look and and we've got the smooth and b group awesome overlay then, that, that uh, doesn't show the door underneath it but you just paint it whatever color of course. you want and then you, while you and I were talking, you brought something up and I checked it out. The uh, three inch commercial flush um, installers probably won't like you a whole lot, but um, the the actual uh, customers should love this door. Uh, the specs on it are amazing. I was really shocked uh, when you're pushing a 26 R value on a polyurethane door for commercial. Uh, so if it's a heated or cool place, that's a great door for that option. And uh, I think it says here you guys can do that door up to 40 feet. 
Yep, 40 feet, two inches. Yep. That's crazy. Nice job. Uh, 10 year warranty. And that excludes springs, but you get a 10 year warranty, I guess. Uh, what is that? All the door sections and the uh, accessories or hardware? Yeah, what, what, was the, uh, what was that last part? So the warranty, it, it said excludes springs, but does that include the 10 years? Does that include like hinges and cables and drums? Yeah, I think that uh, the non-door elements of the door um, for the commercial stuff, uh, let me I have to double check. I want to say that it's... Um, if you can't find it, we can put it on the. Um... It's it's all other components are two years. Okay, gotcha. outside of springs. Gotcha. Okay, um, so nice door. It looks good. Twenty six R value. I mean, that's bragging rights. It's three inches thick. Urethane injected. Um, looks like a good door. And you guys also have a commercial full view, which I assume is probably either the same or very similar to your residential. You got your ribbed and your two inch commercial flush. Um, what would you say? Uh, I know we've talked a little bit about the three inch off offline. Looks like a great door. Um, you know, what would you say is your your money maker? What would we? What would I say? The the what is like your money maker? Your go to door? What people really? Oh, like. money maker. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah, part. Sorry. Uh, yeah sorry. So our three inch. Yeah, our three inch uh, energy saver is actually that's our three inch uh, styrene. It's a closed cell insulation door. Uh, that is the door that probably separates us from uh, the competition in, in, in terms of just the quality of the construction and the durability of it. Uh, it because of its closed cell insulation, it, it doesn't absorb, uh, you know, the moisture uh, like maybe some of some of the new polyurethane doors might. So in agricultural environments, uh, in storage facilities where you know, like uh, we're really popular in in uh, uh, in the potato world uh, where they store potatoes because it's a uh, very mo high moisture environment. Well, uh, because it, it uh, doesn't absorb that moisture over time, the doors don't get heavier and, and then they don't break springs. Nice. Uh, so it, it's, it doesn't sound like it'd be that big of a deal, but our, uh, the loyalty that we have from people that have our doors is, I mean, I think it's pretty impressive. I mean, there's a number of times where we will have, um, one of our uh, a competition to one of our in, uh, Midland dealers all the time when we get it, they'll call up and they'll say, uh, Hey, uh, we, we, uh, we want to be a Midland dealer. Uh, and, and, you know, we go through our process of, of vetting them and find out that they're in the same area as one of our existing dealers. And, you know, we're like, uh, you know, I'm sorry, we, we, we can't really set you up. You're, you're in the same area as our, uh, one of our existing dealers who's a loyal Midland customer and, uh, can I ask why you, you know, want to be a, a Midland dealer? And they're like, well, we've just run into so many people out here that they will only buy a Midland door. They won't consider any other door because all of the doors that they have on their, on their property are all Midland doors and they've never had any problems and they love how they perform and they, they just won't do anything different. So we figure we better join the party, so to speak. And we get that a lot. And, and so for me, I, I, I look at that as being uh, uh, it's very difficult to have brand loyalty uh, in, in well, probably in any business because everybody is so price-driven. Mm -hmm. And not to say that that's bad. I'm just saying that in the, today's world, that's people want, want the cheapest option. And uh, 
uh, we've been fortunate enough to have a, a loyal customer base that understands we might not be the cheapest option, but uh, we might not be the most expensive either. And the difference of our door is worth it, and we provide that value. And and uh, I mean the the hardware that we that we have is standard, is uh, you know, thicker. Uh, Generally, for especially these commercial doors, is uh, heavier hardware, heavier end styles, heavier center styles. I mean, across the board, when you feel the door and you pick up a sample of it, you can feel the difference. And uh, it's, uh, like I said, it's impressive to see that brand loyalty that our customers have for us. So, so when uh, I, but our, so our energy saver is probably the the our our uh, most popular uh, door that's different or better. Uh, say better. It's hard to say better because it's all depending on who you're talking to. But in our mind, that's our best, best door. It's rock solid. Uh, we don't have issues with it. We don't have problems. And it's everybody loves it. So when I'm, I'm hearing you uh, talk about like brand loyalty and uh, you and I have spoke about this, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a believer that dealers shouldn't have one brand that they sell uh, for multiple reasons. I think, um, you know, personally, if, you know, I haven't seen enough consistency from any one brand to be like, all right, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, right? Uh, I did it with motors, and I got in a pinch recently. So, um, you know, luckily we were already selling Somers and uh, talking to Jeannie for a while. So, um, you know, we've been blessed uh, to be able to fulfill our customers' demands with, with Genies and Somers. Um, but with with doors, you know, every manufacturer does things uniquely. Uh, you know, you got, I talk about, when I think about CHI, I think about the Accent Series. I really like their overlay door. When I talk about AMR, I really love the Classica. Um Clopay, you know, they've got the uh, uh, the gallery, which in my opinion is one of the best carriage stamp doors. You guys have this uh, really nice, amazing, I didn't even know you could get closed cell polystyrene. I was looking it up while you were uh, while you were talking, and sure enough, closed cell polystyrene is a thing, but I don't even think I've ever heard of it. Um, so, you know, congratulations to you guys on that. And, and I mean, Here's a polystyrene door that they're pushing 17R value on. And you can throw this door in a 40-foot opening um, and get it in a 40-foot, 2-inch width. And so uh, that that's, I mean, good job, right? And, and I, I, I love the fact that, you know, you guys built a unique door and something really cool. Um, you know, uh, help me understand the exclusivity uh, point of view. I'm not against it by any means, but I know some of my listeners have reached out to me before and been like, you know, how come, you know, manufacturers are, you know, acting all snooty about, you know, they only want to deal with one dealer and, you know, I can bring them business, but they don't want my business. And they almost feel like uh, the manufacturers to a degree are, are acting like they're too good, but indeed that's not really the case. Everybody has like a unique um, go-to-market strategy. So would you mind just sharing kind of why you guys took that stance and how that's beneficial to you guys instead of opening it up and just taking a bunch of dealers um, and selling more of your product? Sure, and, and that's a great question. 
and, and it's it's probably really uh, involved, you know, um, uh, which I could really get deep into it uh, and and talking about it. But obviously, we we have limited time. But I would say that um, when I first started, um, this was the most challenging aspect to understand uh, in the garage door industry is what I, I call the politics of the garage door industry. And what I mean by that is is that life would be so much easier for manufacturers uh, if we could just go and set anybody up. And, and maybe some of them, that is their strategy, where if they just go and set anybody up and they don't really care about who's getting, um, who's stepping on whose toes. And, uh, you know, and, and obviously there's, and I'm not saying that's not the right way to do it. Uh, I'm just saying we've chosen not to go about it that way. Uh, and, and with that said, that that also doesn't mean that we're opposed to setting people up. And anytime that we have somebody that's interested in selling our product, we appreciate that interest. And, and it's not that Midland is too good to set up anybody. Uh, it's that we need to make sure we're protecting the people that have been loyal to Midland and have the same values in place and have the same uh, um, uh, growth strategy in mind. And, and so when we consider bringing on a new dealer, the first thing that we do is, is try to qualify that they're a reputable installer because um, we've learned that, you know, it doesn't matter how good your door is. If it's not installed properly, it's not, it's going to fail. And, and the installer is typically not the one that gets the blame. It's the manufacturer. So they install a Midland door and they didn't install it properly and the door fails. People say, geez, that Midland door sucks. That Midland product sucks. And it's, not reality. It's a, it was a bad install. Uh, so the first thing we do is look for if they're uh, reputable or if they've been in business for a long time. And uh, and and so once that's out of the way, then we start to see we look at what market they're in and who what areas they service, and then we find out do we have any existing Midland customers in that market. And if we don't, and we've determined that they're a reputable installer, it's pretty easy. We, we talk about what their goals are and, and see how we can meet uh, their expectations and, and find out if it's a good partnership. But if, they, if there is an existing Midland dealer, there's a lot of different variables that we consider. Number one is how loyal is that Midland dealer? Are they Midland exclusive? Do they not have anybody else that they sell any other doors? And if they are, uh, that's heavily weighed into our our decision. Now, at the same time, if it's a, let's say you have a market of a million people and you have a Midland loyal dealer that is doing, you know, uh, $100,000 in, uh, $100, in sales, well, you know, there's a big, there's a lot of market that we're not getting uh, that if another uh, potential customer came to us and said, hey, we want to sell in your market, um, we, we have to consider that, you know, how much market share would we be losing out on uh, only having the one customer that that is doing this volume uh, and they're pretty set on that. So we would have a conversation with that existing customer and say, hey, look, we, we got uh, contacted by XYZ company and they want to be a Midland dealer as well. Um, what's, first of all, what, how do you feel about that? And then second of all, what's your growth strategy? If they're, if they're like, heck no, I'm not, I don't want that guy getting Midland doors. Then we have to say, well, what are you doing to grow in this market? Because we need to look at more market share, and um, um, and if they're willing and wanting to grow, then we kind of walk through, you know, what it's going to take to get there. And and uh, and, and there's that's just one scenario. There's endless possibilities. I mean, we've had we've had situations where we've had uh, family members that um, start their own part of the business, and, and in some cases, the uh, 
the one family member is all on board with it and they almost helped them succeed. And they're like, yeah, set them up. I told them they, they should only go with Midland and other, other, uh, uh, situations, the uh, family member parts ways and, and it's a, not a good divorce, so to speak. And, and, you know, they threaten that if you set them up, we're, we're not going to buy Midland anymore. And there's all of these different variables and, and we have to take all of them into consideration because, uh, I don't know how it is across the country, but in, in our markets, a lot of people, um, it makes a difference to them if they're being protected, if they feel like they're being protected as a dealer as opposed to just setting anybody up. So we would lose a considerable amount of business uh, if we opened it up to everybody. And uh, it'd be easier for us from a uh, making decisions perspective because we wouldn't have to worry about you know uh, protecting anybody. But at the same time, uh, we one of our selling points is, is taking care of our customer. And we feel like as part of our core values, it, it doesn't, uh, we can't say that we're taking care of our customer and that we're in this as a partner and, and it's a, uh, a growing relationship together if we're just setting up everybody and we're not protecting our dealers. So, right. uh, I, yeah, and I mean, I wish we could, I wish we could set up everybody that, that wanted our doors. Cause you know, uh, on, on one hand, I wish we could, because uh, we are, uh, we would have a lot of, a lot more opportunity yet at the same time, who knows how many people we would uh, turn off by, by doing that. So that makes sense. I just, I think about like Best Buy and if I was like walk in and they're like, excuse me, sir, you're wearing a Georgia shirt. I'm going to need you to exit the building. We only sell the tech fans, you know, I mean, and and this is no knock and it's different, right? It's retail. You guys are selling wholesale and, and you're a manufacturer, I get it, uh, but I do think that there's a lot of guys in the market who really don't understand, um, you know, why why protect like one person in a market when you could open it up and get twenty dealers. But you did a good job with the explanation. So and and every you know the great thing about business is we get to make our own damn decisions, right? Like if I don't want to yeah. serve you, I don't have to, right? Like so. Uh, and if you come at me like you're a jerk, most likely I'm not going to help you. So, um, unfortunately, sir, we're not selling your area. Right. So, I mean, kudos to you guys. And I know other, other brands are very similar or the same. And, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. And I mentioned it on another show, like I was buying, uh, a manufacturer through a, a third party DC, and, um, and just having like a lot of issues that, that I felt like could be resolved if we were to do like a direct ship type of deal. And, um, and so, you know, now I'm not buying those doors. I changed manufacturers because I, you know, he had a exclusive deal, I guess. Um, and they didn't want to upset him. So, um, you know, when it comes to that, you know, I think there's, there's a lot into it. Uh, I definitely think that the garage door industry as a whole has enough choices where if a dealer did, you know, couldn't get on with you guys, they could certainly go sell another brand. Right. I think it's the ultimate compliment. Mm -hmm. If somebody gets pissed at you, Chad, because you won't sell to them, you know, I mean, how good do you have it at that point? Right. Like, and, 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 you know, I know it's frustrating for us dealers sometimes. And and I, I gave, uh, I gave Hawes a little bit of a hard time because, uh, they're kind of created an exclusive deal here with precision and, and I can't buy from them. And I like a few of their doors that are unique I, and, and, you know, I can't buy them. Um, 
So, uh, you know, but it, I'm not mad about it. You know, you, you guys get to make your own decisions and that's what's so great about being in business. And, and as dealers, we get to make our own decisions. And, uh, and, you know, you, you may, uh, I try to make the best decisions based on quality, efficiency and communication. I, I want, I want the best doors. Uh, I want communication and I want efficiency. The price mm-hmm. comes last. Yeah. And, That's not and really you know, one of, one of the things that we always tell our customers as well is, well, first of all, we don't have any exclusive, like if you're selling a Midland door, we don't have any understandings or agreements in place that require our dealers to be Midland exclusive. Um, it's, it's their choice if they want to be. And we have a lot of Midland exclusive customers, but, uh, but we don't require that. We always tell them that we have to earn their business. They, they don't, we don't get to dictate, Hey, you you need to buy from us. It's, we have to earn that business. And, uh, and, and, and that's something that we, uh, you know, that we talk about, you know, well, what does it take? And, and when we're having a conversation with a potential customer, it's, it's uh, what does that look like to that customer? What does yeah. it take to earn your business? You know, and it kind of, a lot I of times you, has to do with exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Quality, think- value, and communication taking care of the customer customer service is is uh, important to a lot of people um and obviously uh, price i would say from a manufacturer's perspective that one of the frustrations i have is so many people um uh they love it you know they hear about midland they hear about the door and everything's wonderful and but they want it at the cheapest price which obviously business 101 everybody wants that yeah. but they they almost it's like that cost, you know, to have those uh, things that are improved or better, it costs money to do that. I don't have a problem with them choosing not to go with Midland because of price either, but I have a, um, I guess maybe it's a, a sore spot for people that are just like, well, you're more expensive. Like, we can't <laughs> right. do that. It's like, right, right. Okay, I, I understand uh, that we're more expensive, but here's the reasons why, and it's my job to sell that to them. Yeah. But it just surprises me sometimes when people just expect that, they're going to get prices from, you know, like in your, you know, in the case of the multiple manufacturer dealers, you know, they get eight different options to choose from and they take the lowest price option and then they expect everybody to compare their product to that price. Yeah. Like, well, this, this manufacturer is, is this price. How come you guys aren't that price? And we'll tell them the reasons Not why, the but they don't necessarily get past that price. Right. So that's the, the frustrating part from a manufacturer uh, looking at, dealers that have multiple, uh, multiple products. And for the most part, I mean, most of our dealers have multiple products. So, uh, we deal with it, uh, frequently. And, and, and I would say most people look at the value and they see it and, and it makes sense to them, but that's always, anytime we're talking to somebody new, that's what we start the conversation with is if, okay, if, if you're, if you're looking to be, if you're looking for a product that's going to be the cheapest option for you, we're probably not going to be it. There are times when we are the cheapest option, but that's not what our goal is. Our goal is to show you that it's the best option to meet your needs. And if, if that's a good partnership for us, we can continue the conversation. But so many times we find that everybody's excited, uh, you know, to, to get our product thinking that it's going to be, you know, we're going to be able to be as, as cheap as their cheapest option. And, uh, it, it, it just doesn't work out that way. I think it all goes down so. to, to professionalism, right? Like if I'm a dealer and yep. I'm, you know, I reach out to Midland and I say, Hey, Chad, look, uh, you know, I really want to sell your product, how you handle that conversation. You know, uh, you yep. know, this goes to not just you, I'm talking to all manufacturers in general. And, and I don't remember if it was you I was talking to, but a lot of the manufacturer salespeople 
that may be the best job on the planet, right? Because they're sitting back, getting mm-hmm. filled in phone calls, playing golf, and, uh, and 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 choosing who they want to come on and who they don't want to come on. And and, and I've been in sales my whole life, and that I, I feel like, and that may just be perception on my part. So I apologize if I'm wrong, but it it feels <laughs> like it's 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 uh, kind of like. You know, th- there is this kind of persona that that um, you know, maybe we're too good for you. You know, wait till you're a little bit bigger, blah blah blah. And and it's 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 not. I understand the justification, but I think it's how it's delivered by a lot of salespeople. And and you know, I love certain things about certain manufacturers. I've had uh, dealers. You know, I, I at first my first interaction with Cornell Cookson probably wasn't overly exciting. Um, you know, it was a lot of like pre-qualification, but, but, uh, you know, that's them. That's who they were at the time. They didn't just bring on anybody and we were blessed to be able to get an account with them. And, um, but you know, I, I think, uh, just understanding there's a lot of young cats that's going to be coming up quick. And, you know, I think how we treat those from a manufacturer standpoint now, uh, you know, we may, <laughs> you guys or whoever may want them later on down the road. So I like how you take the approach of kind of like explaining, Hey, you know, here's what we need to do to get you guys on uh, and work with them. I think that's freaking great, man. And, and, you know, maybe you need to teach a class or something like that at IDA expo and uh, kind of share your philosophy on that. And I think it would just make us better. We all got to get more professional. Um, And so look, I hate to cut you off, but I got to get my quick hitters in. Is there anything that's super important that you want to share real quick before we ask you these questions? Uh, I I would say that uh, one thing that I'm finding now is uh, lead times for a lot of manufacturers are increasing and we're still maintaining our standard lead times. Uh, We've been dedicated to keeping that because we know our customers need their product to be able to deliver to their customers. So um, what are you doing to make that Uh, happen? Did you change anything? Uh, a lot of overtime. A lot of our guys are staying staying later oh, wow. uh, to make sure that we're getting the stuff done. It's it's uh, uh, it seems like in industry wide everybody has increased demand. So it's kind of usually we don't see this for another couple months. But uh, I mean we're we're having our biggest months ever now. Where typically it would be in you know October that we'd be looking at that. But um, j- yeah, just I mean making sure that we're that we're hitting our 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 time our uh, our deadlines for our products and making sure that uh, have you increased uh, prices i mean we've got people doing doing uh, longer shifts so instead of a uh a 10 hour shift they'll do a 12 hour shift and we have two shifts going um people working on saturdays to make sure that we're gonna uh, maintain those those lead times so cool. uh, it's taken a lot of hard work and our production crew has just been unbelievable our shipping has been unbelievable to make it happen and uh, i'm proud of those guys for that and so that's something i just want to point out we're we're uh, a two-week lead time on our on our styrene and our pan doors, so our uninsulated doors, and then a three-week lead time for our polyurethane door, which is all standard. That's been uh, – uh, we've had it be that way, you know, every day. You Don't know, sell every it too week, hard, Chad. Everybody's going to be calling you, and they won't be able to sign up because they're in another market. Right. I'm just kidding. We have had a lot of people call us <laughs> that are outside of our footprint. That it's Like I said, as a salesperson, it's so hard because it's I like, know, go now would be a great opportunity to set you guys up. Yeah. Uh, but it, in a lot of cases, we're not quite there yet. But um, uh, if, if they are within our footprint, that'd be the, uh, we would go through that process. And I promise that we, we value every person that reaches out to us, even if they're in a market where we have a, a strong Midland presence, 
um, we will try everything we can to get you our product. Yeah, I mean, you don't um, know that, times, that dealer could get acquired and then want to bring in a different product and then that opens it up. So keeping that relationship alive is important. Yep, it absolutely is. Yep. All right. So, so I'm going to cut you off because we got to hit these quick hitters real yep. quick. All right. What type yep, of door and motor do you it. have on your house? Liftmaster. What kind of door? Oh, a Midland. Uh, I've got a, a short panel uh, uh, carriage, uh, two-inch energy saver, or excuse me, two-inch thermal steel. That's our residential line. Good for you. If you would have said, like, Clopay or something, I would have. What are you doing, man? Do y'all not get discounts to employees? No. All right, Jordan or Kobe? Who's the GOAT? Oh, boy. I, I'd say Jordan. Good job. Nobody's picked Kobe, I don't think. All right. Have you, uh, I don't know if you listened to rap music as a kid, but Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Good not choice. even close. Yeah, that's what I say. And everybody's picking Tupac. Nobody's picked Biggie, I don't think. All right, pizza with a fork <laughs> or hands? Do I what? <laughs> Do you eat pizza with a fork or hands? Hand. So the fork thing's a real deal. Like, I know when I went to Chicago... There was like people that were eating with a fork. Kind of made fun of them, but apparently that's a thing there. All right, do you have a favorite band? Ah, uh, geez, Journey. Okay, where uh, were you a good student in grade school? I was. That sucks. All right, so did uh, did Carol? In your opinion, obviously, did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Did who? Carol Baskin. Oh, did she? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And do you have a favorite book? Is there book? a question about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, different people have different opinions. Uh, and so I just like to ask it. It's always a fun question. So, um, and then uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite book that you would recommend to dealers uh, to, to get better? Boy, from a, um, there's a, man, there's a bunch. Um, just one. I just need one. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, there's a, a book. I, I don't know the exact title of it. It's um, ask, uh, ask the Question of Why. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and basically what it – yeah, it's, it, it just Simon forces Sinek. people to think of why they're in business. Is it the Simon Sinek book? Yep. Yeah. So there's a YouTube yep. video of, like, when he started that. Um, and uh, – yeah, that was like back in 2010, and and I worked with software, and they, uh, we did a little thing on that. That was incredibly life changing, um, but also more complicated than I anticipated. So, uh, very good interview. Thank you, Chad. We appreciate you for joining, and a great recommendation on the book. If you ever need anything, you got my number. Call me. Let's keep in touch. And uh, congratulations to you guys for doing such a good job, and keep up the good work. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Hey, listeners, thank you for supporting our podcast. Uh, without you, we definitely wouldn't be here. Uh, we want to say thank you to our uh, sponsors. And if you want to check out Midland Garage Door, check out MidlandGarageDoor.com. They've got tons of information about their doors. Um, as a matter of fact, if you're looking for a job, they've got some jobs they've posted uh, for hiring. So uh, check them out. They've got a gallery, door designer, everything that you would expect from a great reputable manufacturer and i'm sure they'll be uh they'll be more than willing to help you with great customer service even if they can't serve you now maybe they can serve you later and chad if you guys ever need marketing hit me up 
I got a marketing agency. We'll be more than glad to help you out. Wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a wonderful day.